Okay, uh, Matthew and uh, chapter number 15. Let's look at God's word here together. Matthew chapter number 15 and verse number 29 is our text. So Matthew 15 and verse number 29. The word of God records for us that Jesus and Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Insomuch, that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the lame to be whole, uh, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And and notice this, and they glorified the God of Israel. They glorified the God of Israel. Now that's quite significant to our understanding of the text. Verse number 32 now. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. Verse 33, and his disciples say unto him, when should we? Now I want to go back to 32 and I want to point out He said, I will not send them away fasting. They said, when shall we? When should we? He said, I, they said, we. You ever have some of those moments? Am I going to handle all this? When should we? When should we have so much bread in the wilderness? I mean, Uber Eats doesn't come out here, (laughs) right? I mean, nobody's making deliveries out this far in the wilderness, great multitude, to fill so great a multitude, Jesus, and Jesus saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? How many of you want to stop right now and say, haven't we already been through this? This is a second feeding. This has happened before. But how many, how many of you have failed some of the tests along the way and had to be taught the same lesson again and again and again and again? Jesus says, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven and a few little fishes. (laughs) Not just a few fishes, but a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and brake them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left, seven baskets full. Seven really big to-go boxes. That's what it is. Well, then it says this, and they did And they that did eat were 4,000 men beside women and children. So how many were there? Doesn't say. How many do you think? 
8,000, I heard 8,000, 10,000. I mean, really, Father Abraham had many sons, <laughs> right? I mean, they had big families then. So, I mean, we're look, looking at, you know, men, women, um, not that all of them were married men, uh, but maybe the vast majority of them were so easy. I mean, I think we're easily at 6,000, easily at 7,000, probably at 8,000. I wouldn't doubt it that we're at, at 10,000 or 15,000. There's a lot. And he sent the multitude away or sent away the multitude and took ship and came into the coast of Magdala, which was back on the west side of the Sea of Galilee, which in itself is quite significant. All right, so our series, we've been in a series through the book of Matthew now for a good while, and this is just where we are in the series. And our series as a whole is called this, Jesus is King. It's not like, and I realize he's going to rule and reign literally upon the earth, but he's already in command. Jesus is King. So the title of the message here this morning is this, when the demands appear greater than the supply. When the demands appear greater than the supply. Trust the one who's more than enough for all people. <laughs> Trust the one who's more than enough. Hey, he gives us more than crumbs. <laughs> He's more than enough for all people, including you. Including you. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful text. I know it's familiar to many, maybe to most, but I pray you'd help us to have listening ears that would be just like we were hearing it for the very first time. I do want to pause to pray for the Johnson family. Lord, they're such a dear, godly family, and we hold them up to you in prayer. And uh, we pray for Bible Baptist Church of Woodward. We pray for uh, the family. God, we just pray your great comfort upon them. I would imagine that they're feeling overwhelmed right now, but I know they'll know your grace. Thank you for the songs we heard a moment ago, even from the Smith family, and that grace that we need, that all-sufficient grace. And God, I, I would also be mindful to pray here today for guests that are right here from Oklahoma City area. And they've come here today because they're overwhelmed in their life and they've got things that they're dealing with, whatever their life circumstances. Something brought them here, God. And I thank you that they came. And I pray that even from this message, that whatever their situation is, that they would see that, God, you are indeed more than enough for them. And then I pray uh, also for the students, Lord, both the new and returning. That God, as they come to this time in their life and they have moments of being overwhelmed, I pray that you'd help them to see that it's just, uh, it's just that the demands appear to be more than supply. So I pray that you'd help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I appreciate those um, who are against running out of food when there's a big gathering. Amen. I, I'm just, is this a Baptist church? I'm, I'm just glad. I am thankful for those that are against, I mean, have a conviction against running out of food. And thus there's more, there's more than enough. Uh, my wife has that mindset. I mean, whenever we have, you know, people over, I mean, it's the, the food is spread and she makes sure that we are not going to run out. And it's such a blessing and we enjoy it for weeks. So it's, it's awesome. <laughs> 
Perkles are helping to take care of the meal today along with help. And we'll have, you know, a good number out in the gym, I guess. We'll have four. <laughs> we're, seeing, we're, we're feeding the 4,000 today, Brother Perkles said. So uh, it'll feel like the 4,000. We'll have maybe 400 or so. Uh, ministerially speaking, 4,000. So, uh, but the Perkles sure appreciate all the work they do. Aaron Castile does a lot here and, and having that same mindset when we have some officers meetings or missionary get-togethers. I mean, there's always more than enough there. Saturday mornings is our main visitation time. We have other times throughout the week, but uh, Miss Amy Higginbotham and Miss Glenda uh, is a real blessing. They work together and, and making sure that we have enough soul winning food. Soul winning food is also known as biscuits and gravy, okay? So we just want to make sure that, you know, we've had students that have come here that said, what's, what's biscuits and gravy? Welcome to the South. Amen. Biscuits and gravy. I mean, it's a staple food around here, you know, but, but anyways, you want to make sure that you got enough biscuits, you got enough gravy and so that you, you don't, you don't run out. I mean, meeting the needs of hungry people is demanding. Whether you're feeding hundreds or two kids in the back of the minivan, it can be overwhelming. I mean, you don't, you don't want hungry people to become hangry people. That's what you get when you mix hungry and angry together. You get hangry, right? So there they were. I mean, here were people that were, that were indeed hungry. My very first job in Bible college is, was working in the calf. I have a great appreciation for Brother Terry and all the other calf workers that are here. I'm telling you what a great job that they do. I, I appreciate it sincerely because I, I've been involved in that. My very first job was uh, washing dishes, taking the plates and trays and cups and bowls and knives and, and uh, forks and spoons and putting them in a Hobart and cleaning, getting those clean and, and then also uh, washing pots and pans and big metal trays. I can still remember, I mean, it, it's, it's just... It's like it's yesterday, walking in, I was already tired, you know, from classes, and walking in and seeing the stack of trays that, that Don had, had stacked unmercifully without putting any water on them. I mean, just stacked there and, and waiting for me to, to wash them off. We had spray and baptize. That's where I learned to baptize. As I was. <laughs> My favorite verse became this. Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 81, it says, I, remo I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. I'm telling you, that became my favorite verse during those years of working in the calf. So after a time of washing dishes, I actually got to be involved in food prep. Would you believe that? Now, I'll tell you how much cooking I do now. That much. Zero. I really, I, I maybe put toast in, maybe some bagels. I mean, really, that's about the extent of it. But my job then was food prep. Emphasis on prep. A lot of the cooking had already been done and I'm just setting it out. Okay, there's a, there's a great difference between the two. But I learned what it was to have people waiting on you to get food out. Oh, mercy. It was not an enjoyable experience. And I remember praying, Lord, help. Please stretch this food miraculously like you did in days of old. Make it go further. Bless those tater tots. Dear God, I'm telling you, I was praying to help them get done in a hurry. I mean, it's just, it was overwhelming. The demands were great. The word demand means this, an urgent or pressing requirement. An, an urgent or, or pressing requirement. I also found this to be true during college. I felt very inadequate to keep up with all the reading, 
Amen. Writing, visiting, ministry, time with Angie. <laughs> Paying bills. <laughs> Working to have more time with Angie. Come on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, it was just demanding. I had no idea just how demanding it was going to be. I, I thought it might be like camp or youth conference. demanding. Then going in, into grad school and I mean, just barely having time for us to eat lunch and get changed into O'Reilly's Green before I could go to work in the warehouse and, and then staying up late at night with Greek and Hebrew terms and the glow of the computer going still in the room as Angie's sleeping. I'm trying to get stuff done. Angie reading to me. I literally remember her reading to me on the way to church out in Republic and she knew as many Greek and Hebrew terms as I did. And, and, but the demands that were on us and then, and then this, the demand of marriage and family, and then the demands of early ministry years, and then the demands that came of moving to Oklahoma City. I'm, just, I'm not complaining. In fact, I'm actually enjoying it. The demands that are upon us, listen, they're great. In fact, they're more than what we can handle. And by the way, you don't have to be in Bible college. Now, today is, is Welcome Heartland Sunday, so I'm going to make a, a, a probably 80% of our application is going to be you know, towards the students. I don't think anybody here would begrudge that. I really try to make a, a concerted effort week by week to preach to the whole congregation and not, not to feel like we're just a, a church that has a Bible college here because, hey, every one of us really have the same needs because we're all made of the same stuff. So you don't have to have uh, be in Bible college here to appreciate or get the text here today. I, I would imagine you probably feel overwhelmed maybe as a parent. Maybe as somebody that's trying to, to live, maybe even right now it's paycheck to paycheck or you're behind. Maybe you're an adult trying to take care of aging parents or you're a widow trying to face life for the first time without your spouse. And um, here's what can feel, it can feel like. It can feel like the demands are way greater than what you can supply. And actually... That's the truth. The demands are greater than our supply. This was not the first time that, that they had um, fed the multitudes. Um, in fact, you would think it would be this way, that when Jesus said, I don't want to send the multitudes away, you would think the, the disciples very quickly were going, okay, somebody get some baskets. Come on, let's, let's round up. We got to get, get some stuff to get some extra, the extra food left over. I mean, it's just, come on, guys. Y'all know there's going to be leftovers here. You know he's going to do that. You would think that's what they were going to do. No, that, but that's not what they did. Okay, now the context of this, we've really got to do our due diligence to, to deal with the context of this to, to really get the significance of it. Because you might ask, okay, why two feedings? I mean, why do you have, back in chapter 14, the feeding of the 5,000. Some of you might say, well, I thought it was the feeding of the 5,000. There's five loaves and two fishes. Isn't that how it was? Right. Okay. Do you realize that there are some quote unquote scholars that, that try to, that they become so, um, they profess themselves to be wise that they become fools. And they say, well, really what this is, is a doublet. I mean, it's just like he doubled up here to make it look like he did a bunch of miracles, like he needed that. He didn't, need, he didn't need that. He did a lot of miracles. But I, I, the question today is not, is this the same miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, and here's just kind of a replica of it? No, because there's enough differences here. How do you, how do you, know, it's, how do you know that it's two different feedings? 5,000 is different than 4,000. How are we doing so far? Okay, doing all right? 
And, and there they had, you know, uh, seven loaves and a few fishes. There they had five loaves, two fishes. I mean, you, you just do basic math and you're going to figure out this is totally different. In, in Matthew chapter 14, they were sitting on grass, which would mean that it was springtime. Remember springtime here in Oklahoma when it was green? Here they're sitting on the ground. It's brown. So it's late summers, two different times. There they had 12 to-go baskets, one for each of the disciples. Here they've got seven larger. In fact, it's two different terms that are used. You've got the word basket, but it's two different Greek terms. And so you've got one that's smaller to-go boxes, basically. And here you've got really big baskets. I'm, I'm just simply saying this is totally a different, I, I know I don't have to spend a lot of time convincing you of this, but two different settings, two different occasions, one on the west side, one on the east side. You say, well, why, why, why that? Why is there two feedings? Why? I mean, I realize today that he, he healed more than one blind man. He healed more than one blamed man. I mean, I get that. I understand all those things. But here it's really significant that there was a feeding of the 5,000 on the west side and there was a feeding of the 4,000 on the east side. Why east side, west side? Well, look, <laughs> we got that at Southwest Baptist Church. Right? East Siders, West Siders. Right? And the two don't mix. No, I'm just kidding. They, they actually do get along quite well. As far as I know. <laughs> well, what's going on in this text? Well, what we considered last Sunday was, was the context of this as Jesus had this big controversial um, showdown basically with the Pharisees and Sadducees and they came, and the scribes rather, they said, why do your disciples not wash their hands before they eat? Well, I mean, mom told you to do that. That's good hygienic practices. Wash before you eat. But what they had in mind is we've got to wash thoroughly to make sure that we are cleansed from any Gentile contamination. A Gentile is a non-Jewish person. Probably most, most of us here today are not Jews. We're Gentiles. Jesus said this, it's not that which goes into a man that contaminates a man, that, that defiles, there's the word, that defiles a man, but rather it's that which comes out of the man, that's what defiles a man. Because what defiles a man is his heart. See, the Pharisees had this mentality. They said, well, if we can live separate from sinners, those sinners, in fact, they even criticized Jesus, didn't they, for eating with sinners, publicans and sinners and being around those. If they could get away from sinners, then they would be clean. The only problem is they were everywhere they went. Did you follow that? They were everywhere they went. What I mean by that is the only way, they, they couldn't get away from sinners because they were always with their own heart. So it's not what's on the outside of you. So the solution to this today is not to go and join an Amish community. Amen. The solution to this today is not for us just to hole up here. The solution to this is rather this. Let God do a work in your heart that makes you clean from the inside out. So Jesus said, listen, it's not, it's not what goes in a man that, that defiles a man. It's what comes out. And so to prove the point, to prove the point, the text tells us that he went way far north. He went about 30 to 50 miles far north into Gentile territory. The Bible says he went to Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon. That's 50 miles to the north. And he was, he was there and he's going to heal the daughter of a woman uh, who was possessed with a demonic being. Now, now, wait just a minute here. If he wanted to heal people that were demon-possessed, he could have just stayed right there around the Sea of Galilee. So he must have been proving a point to go that far north. Well, he was proving a point, and here is his point. God 
loves all people. He loves the Jews and he loves the Gentiles. And here's why. Because there's only one race and that's the human race. Now we got people from all over in here this morning all different kind of cultural backgrounds, all kinds of different countries that are represented here. I mean, we got all kinds, but isn't it wonderful that God loves us, everyone equally the same. So he went, he went that far north to prove a point. And here's what, hap here's what happened. And I'm, you, I'm, not just, I'm not trying to preach last week's message. I'm trying to say this flows into our passage here today. We're not going to understand the feeding of the 4,000 if we don't understand this. Everybody still with me here? Don't check out and go to lunch yet. We're not, we're not there yet. Okay, so here, here he is with this, this, uh, in this region of the Gentiles. And here's what happens. This Gentile woman, this woman of Canaan, the Bible says, she comes and she's crying after him. She's a Greek woman crying after him, a Jewish man. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is grievously vexed. Jesus, thou son of David. Wait a minute. She said something significant right there. Son of David is turned from Messiah. Here she was, a Gentile woman who understood more Bible than the scribes and Pharisees. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And here's what happened. Jesus answered her not a word. Just totally went silent on her. And, and, and so the disciples came and said, Lord, send her away. Send her away. Now, I think they had the idea, give her what she wants, get her out of here. I think we all understand that. I mean, you love people, but then sometimes you're glad that they're gone. <laughs> Is that right? You love company, but sometimes you're glad when they leave, right? You love working the bus route, but how many of you have driven a bus and sometimes you take that kid home first, even though it's way out of your way? <laughs> huh? Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, we love you, brother. Let me get you home in a hurry. <laughs> oh, there's no feeling after that, uh, like when you let the last kid off and you're on the way back home and you're eating cookies. It's awesome. <laughs> hey, we love people. <laughs> Send her away. Get her out of here. She's crying after us. He says, I'm sent to the lost sheep of Israel. He's indicating this. I, I can't do for her yet because I'm doing for Israel. He came to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. So then, then she says, she comes and she falls at his feet and she says this, help Lord, help Lord. And, and he says, he says, it's not meat, it's not right to take, the, to take the food that is meant for the children at the table and to feed it to the dogs. We would say, well, I'll go find another Messiah then. Now, by the way, the term dogs is not the same term as like the scavenger dogs. This is more of the little pet that somebody would have in their house. I mentioned last week that my mom, you know, had, had my dead mom had a little Yorkie in their home and I grew up with hound dogs outside and for me to come home and see a little Yorkie in the house in air conditioning, I mentioned that and my mom said, you're bitter about that. Because you, I grew up without air conditioning. She reminded me last night that she did too. But, but anyways, I thought, you know, it's just not right that the dog grew up in air conditioning. I didn't. <laughs> so anyways, the point being, she, she said this. She said, Lord, I, I, I know, I know. As a, listen, very closely right here. I know that as a Gentile, I don't belong at that table. But here's what I'd like to have, just a crumb. 
If you just give me just a crumb, if you just heal my daughter, everything will be all right, dear Lord. And he said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou hast asked. I mean, basically, he healed her daughter without him even being there. Why? Because he's more than enough. He's more than enough for the Jews. He's more than enough for the Gentiles. So then the Bible tells us that he goes, to the, he goes from Tyre and Sidon. He goes back down south. But listen just a minute. He doesn't go back to the west side, which is predominantly, predominantly Jewish. He goes to the east side of the Sea of Galilee that is predominantly Gentile. You say, how do you know that it's predominantly Gentile? Well, because if you remember a little bit back, he went across the Sea of Galilee after he taught his disciples about spreading the word. He gave them a demonstration on that, went across the Sea of Galilee, and there met him a man that was demon-possessed that nobody could control. Until Jesus, he met Jesus, and then Jesus cast those demonic beings out of the man and cast them into a herd of swine. So I submit to you this morning that that was a Gentile farm because Jews don't raise hogs. They're missing one of the finer delicacies of life called bacon. So it's a Gentile side. Jews on one side, Gentiles on the other side. Feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 4,000. He came first to the Jews, but he also came to the Greeks. He was sufficient for the Jews, and he's about to show them that I'm not just going to give you a crumb, but I'll give you more than what you can eat. Mercy. This is good stuff. He taught them for three days, feeding them the 5,000. In case anybody's not convinced yet that this is not the same, this is the same thing. He was with them one day at the feeding of the 5,000. He's with them three days here. And evidently, they ran out of food. I imagine there's some kid there that ate his meal right off. He didn't realize it was going to be all day preaching and no dinner on the grounds for a while. And they were all hungry. And Jesus had been healing them. I mean, the, even the list, oh mercy, there's some more here than what we can preach. He, all the people that he healed, the blind, the lame, the, the crippled, the, those that, that, were, that were just, uh, just, just distorted in life and the effects of sin was upon them. But here's what our Savior can do. He can push back the effects of even sin and damage to our lives. And he healed all sorts of them. And there's 4,000 men there, plus the women and plus the children. And all day long he's been serving. And all day long he's no doubt been preaching, been teaching. And, and, and so he says this finally on day three. I will not send the multitudes away hungry. Let's feed them a meal. <laughs> mm. Whence shall we... Lord, this whole big multitude here, how are you? Thanks, Brother Cecil helps me out preaching. Y'all just got to get used to that. Brother Cecil's usually about two steps ahead of me on preaching. I just go off of his notes. So there's no Walmart around here. There's no store around here. There's no Kroger around here. There's, there, there's no whatever store you came from. There's nothing around here, Lord. How are we going to ever feed this many people? They forgot. 
In fact, if you're not convinced yet that it was two feedings, Jesus said, um, didn't we feed 5,000 and didn't we feed 4,000? Right there, that settles it for me that Jesus said that. So didn't we feed 5,000 and didn't we feed 4,000? That's actually in the next chapter. The whole chapter kind of works on, on the bread that was there. First, it was a crumb to a Gentile woman. Actually, you back up from that. It's the disciples that were, wash, that were eating without washing their hands. They were eating. Here's a woman that has a, has, she says, I just like a crumb. And now he's feeding 4,000 plus people as much as they want to eat. And then in the next disciple, he said, next chapter rather, he's going to say next Sunday, beware of the leaven of the scribes and Pharisees. So it's all built around bread, food. But his disciples at this point are saying, Lord, I have no idea how shall we feed this great multitude with just a little bit of bread. So I've got one of the croissant rolls for lunch here today. And so we're just all going to eat this today. Can you imagine? I don't, know, I don't know how many people are in here. But how about we just save time and instead of relocating to the gym? In fact, let's just include everybody in this meal. Let's just all eat this. And that way you can get to the International Baptist nap time a little bit quicker. Can you imagine? What do we do now? <laughs> We're all going to be hangry here in a minute. <laughs> I was just about to say to Carl, Carl, look, you only get like this much, man. Is <laughs> it. Can you imagine trying to stretch this out? Can I remind you today that whatever you have is insufficient until it's in the hands of the master. I can't demonstrate that for you today, but it's amazing how that he took that bread and he blessed it. He thanked God for it. You know, that's what you ought to do before you eat. That's, that ought not to be a habit. It ought to be, God, I wouldn't have this if you didn't give it to us. I'm so grateful to God for it. I'm thankful that our Savior led us that way. And, and, and by the way, I, I think at the restaurant, I don't think we have to stand on the table and say, Dear God of heaven and, and earth, Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and get everybody's attention. And nor do I think that we ought to do, you know, the, the napkin prayer where we drop the napkin. Lord, we sure do appreciate the food and thank you for it. <laughs> but I think it's right that we bow our head and say, God, thank you for the food. I wouldn't have it if you hadn't provided it. We sure do appreciate it. It sure is good. We sure are grateful for it. He, he blessed it. And then the Bible says that he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the people. And, and, and I don't know exactly how all that went about, but, but I mean, can you imagine this? I mean, how many trips did that take? I mean, we're talking about, you know, let's say 8,000 people here. Let's say just feeding the men, just the men alone. I mean, here you got 12 disciples. I did the math, you know, 4,000 divided by 12. That's 333, 333333. You follow me? So they're feeding individually. They're feeding at least over 300 people per, per disciple if then dad's going to distribute the, to the family. I don't, I don't know exactly how that it was, but I, I know this today. The hero of the story, the focus of the story was not the disciples. It wasn't the disciples. It wasn't like, oh man, look at his distribution skills. Wow, look how he delivers the bread so elegantly. He's able to give that bread out. Look, look at how, oh my soul, look. Oh, he's getting creative now going across the room. We just suddenly went to Lambert's on the Sea of Galilee, right? No, I mean, what, 
What's going on here? I mean, is, it, is that the focus of the story, man? Look at their organizational skills. Oh, man, they got real organized. They're all like in rows there on that ground. Oh, man, look at their organizational skills. That's what did it. Now, listen, friend, it was not the disciples and their ability that did that. They still they would have died of hunger. Many would have fainted by the way had it been up to the disciples. But here's what they did. They just kept going back to the one that was more than enough for all people. They went back to Jesus and back to Jesus and back to Jesus and back to Jesus. And, back to Jesus and, and I don't know how, how it all, maybe they had a relay line. Here, you take it further. And they had to go deep and they, then they'd run back and, and they'd get more bread and then they'd come out and feed more. Here's what I've learned in my life. Listen, I am insufficient for whatever it is. I'm insufficient. I'm not adequate for any of this. You're not adequate for this. Listen, those of you that are new students here, listen, you're inadequate. You can't, you can't make it on your own. You don't have it. You don't have what it takes. I'll just tell you up front. You don't have what it takes. The demands are way farther than what you can supply. But if you'll learn this early in your, in your years here, if you'll just keep going to the one that's more than enough for all people. He's not just more than enough for the Jews. He's also more than enough for the Gentiles. And he's not just more than enough for your mom and your dad and your grandparents and your pastor back home. He'll be more than enough for you. You just keep going to him. He's not run out of money yet. He's not run out of wisdom yet. He's not run out of power yet. He's still God. We can be amazed at him. Mercy. I imagine there's probably parents here today that are feeling overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. Here's what you do. Same thing they did. Go back to the master. Just keep going to him. Say, God, I don't know what to do. He knows what to do. And you do that. Take the next step and then the next step. And, and, and then there's those that are caring for an aging parent. And it's overwhelming. Hey, the demands are greater than what we can supply, but not greater than what he can supply. How about this today? The demands about your sin... The, the, the demand, the demand for payment on your sin. The Bible says that all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible also says that the wages of sin is death, separation from God. That's what you owe. Someday you'll stand before God and you've got to be as clean as Jesus is. That's a greater demand. That's a, I said that's a greater demand than what you can come up with. You say, well, I'll work harder. I'll, I'll be better. I'll do harder. I'll, I'll do better. I'll stop this and I'll start that. Listen, you can't do it. It's not in you. But he's rich unto all that call upon him, both to the Jew and to the Gentile. He's rich unto all, Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 12. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's a propitiation for our sins. Listen to this. And not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Meaning this, he died for every single man, literally died for every single man that all might be saved. He was broken for us, bruised for our transgressions. And he's able to save anyone here that'll come to him by faith and say, Lord, save me. Amen. How are we going to reach this world? Those of us that are saved. He's commanded us to go to the Jews but he's also commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hey, listen, I'm real thankful for the crowd that's here today. Aren't you? I mean, really, I'm real thankful for the crowd that's here today. There's a lot of folks here today. That's wonderful. But aren't we just a few in comparison to the 8 billion people that inhabit planet Earth? It seems like an impossible situation. 
Where do we start? How, how, how do we get... How do we get the bread of life to Brazil? So many dying without the bread of life. How do we get the bread of life to Nepal? How do we get the bread of life to Philadelphia? How do we get the bread of life to India, Sri Lanka? How do we get the bread of life to China? How do we get the bread of life to the 1040 window? How do we get the bread of life to Texas? How do we get the bread of life to Washington State and New York City. How do we get the bread of life across the street right here? How do we get the bread of life? We just keep coming back to the one who's more than enough for all people. Just keep coming back to the one that's more than enough for all people. And little is much. Oh, yes, it is. Little, little is, is little, but when it's in your hands, but little is much when it's in God's hands. Here, here's what every one of us need to do today, and I'm done. Here's what every one of us need to do today. We need to bring who we are and what we have and place it in His hands. And let him take it and use it. Don't give him excuses. Just give him your service. Because he's more than enough for you. And he's more than enough for all people. Let's stand together here this morning. Maybe you feel like right now the demands are greater than the supply. The demands appear to be greater than the supply. Certainly, that's the key word there, they appear to be. But not when you factor in who he is. How can we evangelize this world? It's a great question. He who fed the 5,000, he who fed the 4,000, he's more than enough. We just need to do our part. Today, uh, though, I, I want to first of all say to those that maybe are not saved, we're going to have an invitation, which just simply means this. We're going to invite you to come so that somebody can show you from God's Word how that you can receive Jesus as your personal Savior. You'll never make it to heaven on your own. Never. The demands are greater than what you can supply. But they're not greater than what He supplied. It's sufficient. In fact, Jesus said it this way, it is finished. The work necessary for you to be saved. But I would anticipate today as well that there are those of you that probably at this point, even early on, already feel overwhelmed. Maybe you're a student, you feel overwhelmed. Why don't you go to him and then learn just to keep going back to him. He'll find, you'll find he's more than enough. Father, thank you this morning. We tend to have that when should we mentality. Rather than focusing on what you said you would do. God, I pray today that as we feel the demands and they feel like they're over what we have supplied to us, then God help us to remember that you are omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent. God, I pray today for families. They may be feeling overwhelmed. I think about moms and dads about to pull out from here and leave their son or daughter. And they'll have some overwhelming days in their life. But God, I know you'll be in more than enough for them too. And I praise you for it now. In Jesus' name.
Amen. We're going to sing page 483. I surrender all. If God has spoke to your heart and you ought to come and pray, you want someone to talk to you about salvation or pray with you, then, then please come as we begin to sing. Page 483, Brother Aaron's going to lead us. Come on this very first verse.